1: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at BankofAmerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC. Do
2: you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs>
3: what a senseless waste of human life. Hello, Cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show, and today we are going to be reviewing the 2-1 win against Brian. God, that was that was hard work. A really nervy end to a game which shouldn't have been. Some ridiculous refereeing decisions, but we did enough in the end, and that's all that matters. Second in the league. We'll take that. Joining me to rejoice at our um, performance. Well, maybe not the performance, but the result at least, all the way from Vienna. Is HG? How are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm good. So look, since we're all going into lockdown this week, if the season finishes now, that means we get Champions League, right? I mean, we're, we're in second. <laughs> we have to get this out there before before anything else happens. Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing really well because Spurs won. That's basically yeah. it. That that will that will keep me happy for the next well until Thursday, but certainly the next few days. And uh, yeah, it was great.
3: Yeah, I've got a feeling that the football is not going to be affected at all. I think we need that to keep the uh, the national spirit up, HG. And, and- They've been in lockdown in France, haven't they? And they've and they've not cancelled. Yeah, top I know. But or...
1: if I'm just saying, if it would be nice. We are in second, so you know, cancel the league, whatever. <laughs> like, it's, we're okay. Well, I'd rather wait until next week, and then when
3: we're top of the league, then they can cancel it. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take that. Also joining all the way from uh, Boston in the US of A, she's been absent for a long time. It's very good to have her back. It's Aviva. How are you doing, Aviva?
2: Great, great game to come back to talk about. <laughs> yeah
3: exactly at least you got a win
2: at least it it was mm, wasn't a convincing one but I'll take it nonetheless
3: excellent also joining us from I don't know where are you this week Steve it's Steve Diver
0: I'm in Cambridgeshire I'm bittersweet I've had to cancel every single travel plan I've got for the rest (laughs) of the year but the sweetness is the fact that I watched my one true team win tonight just like we're going to win the league (laughs) <laughs> so you're like my missus.
3: She's just been constantly asking me to book holidays. I'm just like, look, do you not listen to these scientists? We're going to be on lockdown at some point, so it's just not worth it. But you are addicted to travel, aren't you, Steve? So, um, you wanted to talk yep. about what you were doing last week, first of all, didn't you? You were at uh, the Spurs Stadium for the Burnley match. That's not going to happen again in a long time, is <laughs> no,
0: <it's> it? <laughs> <not>. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, it was really good, actually. It felt very COVID-secure. It was odd kind of going into football stadium getting your... Temperature taken twice, which was a bit, a bit ATT. It was it was a bit odd. Must admit, watching a game on TV in a football stadium felt like I was in a lounge, but not quite. Spoke with the club afterwards, um, and they they were really excited for what they could offer. And they were planning on doing home games as well, but. Clearly, yeah, it's going to go out the window now, which is just <laughs> yeah. really, really shit. Because yeah. I got all excited. I'd resigned myself not to going back in the ground for a long time. Then I tasted, tasted the glory of going back into our wonderful stadium again. And um, yeah, now I'm not going to not going to enjoy that for a while. I think. But
3: yeah, yeah. I imagine Levy's getting pretty bored. He's not really got much to do. So he's like, right, let's try and get some people in the stadium. And now that's gone as well. He's probably very disappointed. But there we go. Agreed. But... Let's get into the game. Looking at the starting lineup HG, I know in your prediction you made a few kind of <laughs> this, a few predictions that uh, or things you would like to have seen which were probably not going to happen. So really for me the starting lineup there wasn't too many surprises.
1: No, I mean this is it. If you follow Mourinho and what he's done the last few weeks in the league games, we, I think we should have expected a, a midfield 3 of the 3 that we saw, but yeah, like we're not playing well, and so I think when I when I pick my teams uh, of what I want to see. I, I, I want to see a team that I think will play well. And so, look, like, I don't think anyone played particularly awful tonight. I think it was a, a team issue more than anything. But, uh, yeah, I think we we all know that it's, you know, a bit of a, a coin toss between Doherty and Aurier, but everyone else, we might have been surprised to see Lamella start, but Lamella's probably mm. played better than Lucas recently. So I, I suppose you can understand it, but it was it still felt quite a defensive side because... If you looked at that 11, only Son and Kane looked like scoring.
3: Yeah, I think that's 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 fairly true. But I thought we started quite brightly, Aviva, in the first 16 minutes leading up to the penalty. I thought we were on the front foot, the passing was quite snappy, and we were putting them under a bit of pressure.
2: Yeah, it definitely looked like at the beginning it was Spurs versus Brighton. I mean, it definitely was holding to that, holding to that kind of uh, matchup. And then it kind of just started to slow down and get sloppy... And just uninspired, and then we just kind of were just dragging our feet for a while.
3: Yeah, I mean, Steve, what do you think it was? Do you think that was sort of an instruction from Jose? Because after we got the penalty and we're one up, sixteen minutes gone, we did seem to, we didn't really seem to sit back. We just seemed to give up possession, didn't we? And and um, Brighton were quite
0: happy to play the all around. Yeah, we, we seemed to do nothing at all. Um, so I don't even know what instruction that could have been. From from Jose. Indomblay's performance summed up the entire team for me. So good in little bits. Um and then just very mediocre and just just a bit meh. Um yeah. so I don't I don't really know how to put it into words, which is not great for a uh, verbal pod, but <laughs> <laughs> it's while we get you on, Steve. Yeah. It's why we get you on. So Just just a bit meh.
3: That'll be my summary yeah. of the game. I mean, the thing for me in the first half, HG, was that none of the forward players really, nothing really seemed to come off for them. Lamella was being Pete Lamella, kind of going on little mazy dribbles. And then just when it came to the ball, it it wasn't there. Son was being frustrated. Kane was dropping deeper and deeper. And like we said about Dombele, he he got on the ball and did some things, but it never really resulted in anything, did it? we had so few shots.
1: No, we, we couldn't keep the ball. I mean, that's basically it. We, we, we were resorting to to lifting it upfield, hoping that Kane's going to win a header against three centre-backs or that Sun's going to win a header against, you know, a giant centre-back. It, it just, we, we didn't have the skill or the ability, I think, in the centre of the pitch to to play the ball on the ground. It, it was the type of performance that, you know, from the from the documentary, we talked about Deli Ali coming in and saying, you know, we're just defending and effing hitting it long. That's basically mm. what we did. After those initial twenty minutes, it was almost like we got the goal. We played a little bit, you know, for five minutes, and then Brighton decided, okay, no, we can, we can do something here. It was, yeah. I mean, I don't think either side really had a shot in the first half. I, mean, mm. I, don't, I don't, I don't remember Hugo making a save either. It was a very, very weird uh, first forty-five minutes. Second half, obviously, when when Brighton got the uh, the equalizer, then it, the, the game changed again. But it was. Yeah, it, it, a Brighton are a good team. I mean, I, I do think that. They, they they may not be the best at creating chances, but they're certainly very good at stopping teams. And so if they can get that that forward area right, they're going to be there or thereabouts for a comfortable mid-table finish. Yeah. And
3: I think all the things that we were doing well in the first 15 minutes, like when we got to the wings, we were sort of overloading, getting, getting sort of players around each other so that we could pass it through them and, and get balls across. And then we just stopped. Like you say, it was very much like hit it long, Players were isolated on their own and, and Brighton were just sweeping things up and then and then coming again. I mean, we're going to talk about the ref probably as much as anything else in this game. Aviva, what did you think of his overall performance? Because it felt to me that Brighton were being quite aggressive and sometimes we weren't getting necessarily the, the free kicks that we should have done. Uh,
2: yeah, it was – we definitely had more calls that should have been given than that we had but I think both teams kind of ended up result, you know, resorting to trying to draw fouls because we were both not really playing sharp. Had Brighton started with Welbeck, or if they had Moupé, you know, somehow uh, starting, I feel like they would have been much more clinical than they were. Um, mm. But they were just playing with the front line of midfielders. So Graham Potter sets his teams up very well, and I wouldn't be surprised if he told them, "Look, if you can't get shots in, then let's let's stop them from getting up too high up, and then draw some, mm. you know, make some fouls." And I think you'll see Kane. I mean, he tried to draw, like, so many fouls. Um, and that's just kind of boring to watch as a, as a fan.
3: Yeah, I agree. And, Steve, do you think maybe the ref, um, I guess, was had his mind made up that we were doing that? Because there was a, there was an instance where Sun fell over in the box very cheaply. We got the ball back, and then Kane went over very cheaply. Uh, certainly the commentary I was listening to was saying that that should have been a yellow card for, for potentially both of them. And then after that, he didn't really seem to give
0: many free kicks when I think they should have been. I mean, potentially, but I'm wondering if there's a bit of confirmation bias coming in. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, obviously, the penalty decision, which we'll talk about in a bit, Um, sorry, the goal decision, which we'll talk about in a bit, no doubt, probably weighing weighing on our minds a bit here. So I, I don't think referee was terrible. He wasn't great. And there's a few decisions, you know, clearly he didn't get right. Yeah, but let's also not forget, you know, Dossie potentially should have given away a penalty as well um yeah that, that didn't get called so yeah i think we we lost out a bit i we we won a bit um and probably net neutral overall in the game um were, were
3: you surprised by that docker decision because it went to var and for me i was going oh this is going to be a pen yeah i mean when
0: it went to var i was like yeah shit we're done here this is this is definitely a penalty um but yeah it wasn't given i, I do think it would have been a bit a bit soft if it had been given but I still do think it was a penalty
1: I I can only imagine he didn't give it because he didn't think that the, the player would have got there anyway right mm. and that that might be a, a ridiculous reason because i'm not sure that really matters but i do think that you know had he been allowed to run towards the ball he still wouldn't have got there so that doherty was i mean that's the type of brain fart you expect to see from Aurier. Yeah. right that that yeah. was that was that was the, the yeah that wasn't doherty that's not what you want to see but we've all i mean for those of us that have read you know wolves forums that they know that doherty's not good in a back four and he he, he has those brain farts in him too so yeah we, we got away with one um, but maybe we would do it after some of the other decisions we've had so far this season.
3: Yeah. I mean, let's quickly touch on Dorothy. Um, Aviva, have you, what have you thought of him so far? He's not really set the word on fire, has he?
2: I mean, I was so excited when I, when we signed him because as someone who plays FPL fantasy league, like he's always been like a mainstay in, in people's teams because he, the way he would always connect with, uh, with Jada when he was there or Jimenez, was just masterful and Mm -hmm. i was expecting him to get up more and provide be providing more assists um and just it doesn't seem like he's really fit that group the problem is if you play a back four he's a he's a wing back more so you know i feel like his best way to play is when we're playing three at the back but that's not really jose's you know you know go to so i think he needs a bit more time to find where he fits into how jose plays but i definitely think he'll come good eventually
3: yeah, I mean part of the problem might be that he's playing that intricate football with um Lamella now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not, intricate.
3: Not quite working out for him. Um right, so the second half again, it, it started off very very similar to the first how the first half ended. I don't think again we were playing particularly well, but then everything changed on one decision. Now to me, as soon as as soon as he went over, I was like, that's definitely a free kick. It wasn't given and fair play to Brighton. They worked it very well and it was a, it was a good goal. Um, Lamptey was kind of a threat. I think they were always going down the right-hand side and, and he took that goal very calmly. But HG, I mean, I don't even know how to begin here because he's two metres away from it in the first place. Doesn't see it as a foul. Goes over to the monitor. So VAR have clearly said to him, you might have got this wrong. He looks at it. <laughs> We're watching it. The commentators are going, well, there's no touch on the ball there and it's definitely a foul. But even if he'd got like a microscopic touch on it, I still think he wiped him out, didn't he? Like Hoyberg got wiped out by that challenge. So I just don't understand how he let that goal stand.
1: Without wanting to get myself into trouble. Um, look, <laughs> if, if you want to see corruption at the highest levels of sport, <laughs> that, that's not a bad way to look at things because like... <sighs> Like, I don't know Graham Scott's history, really. I don't know where he's from. I don't know where he lives. I don't know if he's got some long-lost family connection to Brighton or whether he just ate Spurs. But that is, to me, the worst decision I have seen, it's certainly in English football. I remember one in German football that was just as bad. And ironically, mm. the referee went to check the decision and, and stayed with the one that he already made, even though it was terrible. This time, like we all know that he didn't touch the ball. Yeah. Not even a tiny bit. There is no touch on the ball. He cleans Højbjerg out. Now, look. Granted, as you said, Brighton they did they they, they they did move the ball very well after that moment. And there are some people that would say, well, you know, you had long enough after the foul to 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 kind of get back into position and still defend, uh, whether it was the same phase of play, for example. But I just you can't, as a referee, go over to the screen, see that, and decide that you've made, that you made the right decision. Like I can only imagine that the VAR referee, was it John Moss? I think he, he probably thought, look, uh, I've already kind of overruled him once by giving a penalty. I don't want to do that a second time because, you know, the referees are all friends and all the rest of it. But it's just crazy because when he goes over to see it, I'm sure John Moss thought he's going to go over, he's going to see he's made a mistake, he's going to give the foul and the game will go on. And the only reason why he didn't is down to Graham Scott because I don't think a single person who watched that game, whether they're you know proper football men or not, would look at that and think it was the right decision. And so you have to question, maybe quietly, on a on a on an international podcast um i'm sorry but like did you have money on that mr scott was it your <laughs> own money like i i don't i don't understand how you could logically get away think that you could get away with that and like i'm really really happy that it didn't cost us
3: yeah i mean steve do you think that's the worst decision we've seen since the pedro mendez ghost goal and do you think that it's going to get examined by you know the, the referees board whatever it is that looks at these things
0: yeah, it was absolutely mental. I mean, if if the referee said you know the foul wasn't in the same phase of play as the goal, I could accept it. So well, it was a while before, but yeah, you know, to say that he got the ball or any of the ball, I don't, I don't even think a piece of grass off his boot flew off onto the bloody ball and touched it. Mm-hmm. Like, he was not close to the ball. He clearly didn't touch it. So for him to whisper a mouthed cane after he gave the goal, you know, he got a touch of a ball is clearly a lie. He didn't. There's no way any sane human being could see that video and he saw it what twenty times.
1: Look, look, I'm, I'm sorry. Look, I think Tottenham should make an official complaint. I think Tottenham yeah, should yeah. say we do not want this guy refereeing refereeing us for the rest of the season. I mean, he's in his early fifties anyway. He must be close to retirement. It's just. I, <laughs> that there is no excuse like I mean, I know we won the game but that is going to be the talking point of the game and it it shouldn't be brushed under the carpet we should go and say no this is not acceptable
3: yeah i would be really interested to see what Jose say I mean we're recording this pod virtually straight after the game so I've not seen any post-match interviews but I'd be amazed if Jose doesn't Hint, he's too hes too savvy these days to, to really complain and we won, so we won't be that annoyed. But if we'd have drawn or lost that game, I can almost guarantee that Jose would be getting a three-match suspension by, you know, saying something. But the thing I don't get is that when you watch it, you go, OK, his foot went over the ball. He was sliding in, lunging tackle. So it, there's just nothing about it. I just don't mm. understand it at all. And this is the ref who, in the first half, gives Regulon a yellow card for sliding in, even though he got nowhere near the player, like dangerous play. The whole thing is just baffling to me. I don't get it whatsoever. Anyway, so that was done. Um, and then it felt like a very inevitable um, sort of end to the game. Caller was saying, right, we're going to lose this 1-2-1. One, one. Thankfully, he didn't call it. The hero, Bale, bailed us out, didn't he, Aviva?
2: Oh, he did. And we needed him. I I was actually at one point hoping that more was going to come on. But um, Bale coming on was, was fine for me. I would have actually preferred it to be for Sun. But... He bailed us out, and you could see as soon as he came on the class he was bringing, and the creativity, and just the little, the little nuances of his passing in the box, um, that I think we 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 were lacking, um, especially yeah. from from uh, from Sun and that left side. So yeah, he came good, and what seven? I think seven years, a hundred and something days later, he uh, <laughs> he's back on the <laughs> score sheet. May it, may it long continue. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, it was really great to see. The thing I thought that was quite um, funny about that was that Toby's on the ball and uh, I think it was Lo Celso's coming close asking for the ball on the halfway line. Toby just plays one of his brilliant cross-field passes to Reggie. And the thing that surprised me, Steve, was that Reggie took it on his right foot and put it straight on his head.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as soon as he cut in, I was like, "Mm, not like he looks at this because he's not looking good on his right foot um, crossing in. um, But... Great move. I mean, how many how many times have we seen that ball from Toby? Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. how he practiced it as a kid, but yeah, clearly he's absolutely nailed it. Yeah, but I thought a really well worked goal. Difficult to defend against. Great header.
1: I mean, that that is that is Region's second assist of the season with his right foot because he did it for yeah. the Lamele goal in the cup tie. So it's weird. Like, I I think we're so used to seeing fullbacks try and fail that the the, the idea that, yeah, he doesn't look confident on his right foot, but you don't have to be amazing. You just have to be accurate because that's all it was. Like, it was poor marking, but it was into an area where Bale didn't have to move to the ball. The ball went straight to him. It was a fantastic cross.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: Bale was stationary when the ball got him, wasn't he? Yeah.
3: But yeah, and a great header. um, And I'll, I'll take that absolutely uh, what did you think after that hg because we were kind of trying to see the game out what did you think about jose's subs and the way that we closed out the game
1: uh, i thought the last 6 minutes were glorious um <laughs> the the keeping it on the on the touchline or in the corner as much as possible there was one point where you could hear someone i don't know who it was but shout don't let him out um <laughs> it, it it was i mean that's what you want to see like like it's not as if we were hacking in the corner it's not as if we were you know I say like doing things badly, it was deliberate and it was as part of the game. Like six minutes felt a bit ridiculous anyway, because I don't know why the only six minutes would have been to watch Graham Scott suddenly keep the same decision that he should have changed. And the the injury to March to happen a few minutes later, which (laughs) may well have been a bit of revenge for the one that got Hoiberg in the first place. But like, I, I just, the substitutions, I mean, Bale came on, obviously scored a goal. So that was a good one. Um, I thought bringing on Davis was a bit odd because you'd think mm, really? with Rodon sitting there, you might yeah, want to go for the extra height. But you know, it, it didn't. It didn't cost us, so I can't complain. I, I think that's just it. I just think that it it was weird that I never felt as if Brighton were going to get a second equaliser. I did always think they'd get one because that's just Spurs and you know what we're like. But mm. I think once it went to two one, I calmed down a little bit and and you know just I I, I thought that we, even though we've conceded last minute equalisers in the last two home games. I, I did think, you know, we're going to see this one through.
3: And Steve, were you, I mean, my commentary were, were, were kind of giving loads of plaudits to Brighton. I just don't think they were threatening at all. In the first half, they had the ball in our half a lot. And as we've mentioned, they were winning it back. We, we couldn't get out very well. But the half ended with possession very similar, very few shots on goal for either side. And then at the end of the game, when you look at the the XG, I think Brighton's was 0.32. So really to even score... Was um, above the, the chances that they are you, created. Are you saying
1: they needed help from the referee? <laughs> <Careful>. <laughs> well, they, clearly,
3: they clearly did, didn't they? I mean, like they worked that that final chance very well, but they just weren't creating lots of quality chances whatsoever. Um, and our XG was nearly two, and that's you know that's was
1: the it really? got. nearly
0: yeah. two? <laughs> one, it was 1.7. Wow. Oh, yeah, one
2: point seven.
0: Wow, we are one point nine seven. I guess we had a one from the penalty or point nine something from a penalty, didn't we?
1: Uh, I don't know whether that includes the pen, to be honest. This is very unprofessional of me. Almost two seems a bit rich because I can't think of a save that the keeper had to make. Oh, what about that? No, he did. No, that
2: double save. There was almost an own goal.
1: And to be fair,
3: Kane did hit the post from about two (laughs) metres. That is true, yeah. It was was a difficult one. I would imagine that would be quite high. Let me have a look. I've got it on the map. Yeah, so that's a 0.59. So (laughs) that's quite high. But it just came to him a bit odd. And, yeah, that was very unfortunate. And obviously, Lamella had that great shot with the left that hit the post as well. I mean, that that probably isn't very high. But we had chances. I think we we certainly threatened a lot more than they did. Um, But so, I mean, do you agree with that, that Brighton were a bit
0: unfortunate, Steve? Or do you think they're just talking bollocks? Well, First of all, welcome to the interesting world of opinions and football, because... Mm -hmm. The commentary on Sky said that Larice could have been replaced by the French number twelve, <laughs> and the result would have still been the same. So clearly, Sky didn't agree with um, whatever dodgy figure I was watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, trying trying to make us not get sued too many times on this pod. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So clearly, slight difference in opinion in the commentary. But I mean, they they didn't have that many shots on target. I can't remember Larice really doing much. He right. um, got a bit scrappy when Welbeck dared dead challenge for the ball and Lloris fluffed his lines a bit over that. But other than that, did Lloris
1: do anything other than pick a ball out of the net? Well, he almost carried it over his lines right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. What, what, what is it with, with Hugo and Brighton and like catching the ball on his own goal line? At least, at least this time he didn't drop it or you know break his arm in the process. So just Boy. crazy. Yeah,
3: that's very true. Yeah, they had two shots on target the entire game, which is, uh, you know, well, they're only going to score two goals from that, aren't they? So, <laughs> And they didn't. To be um, fair, we had three on target for the entire game. So it's, Yeah,
2: from nine shots.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a pretty dismal game. But, I mean, I'm, I'm happy. We've got our first home win of the season. We're second in the league. Sometimes it really doesn't matter how you get there, does it? I was kind of hoping for a much better performance following midweek, but we just didn't really get it.
2: It just makes the tie against the Spammers just that more annoying, because had we not drawn that game, we would be so far ahead of of the be flying we'd be flying yeah. and so it just makes it even that more annoying
3: <laughs> yeah absolutely and especially when you see the results like today Newcastle beating Everton yep. so a few of the results this weekend went for us Villa just mm-hmm. uh, that's quite an exciting game in the end but you know after the first half it looked like they were they weren't going to be in it at all um so it's you know these teams that were putting good early runs are starting to falter a bit and I do think that a lot of people are saying there's no chance that Spurs are going to be up there but I, know, I just think if we keep grinding out results like this, there is a good chance.
1: We talk about this in February or March. That's just <laughs> it. Like, like I understand that we all want to think about you know you know every game but it is every game. If we win the game then we can think about it like mm. if if it's February or January and we're 10 points clear, None of us will want to talk about it because we all think we're going to yeah. jinx it. So let's just let's just wait. Like we got the victory. Yes, Brighton are a decent side; they make things difficult, but we got the three points, just like we did last week. That is the important thing. Yep. And yeah, when it comes to, I mean, no matter who we're playing, really, we, we, we just we just need the victories. So, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I like, I understand that. Yeah, you know, we look around the the league and we see that you know the bigger teams are struggling, or they they haven't got a settled eleven, or they you know they they finally had an injury for the first time in three years. Spurs are in a, in a really good position, but let's just not talk about it too much.
0: Are I, you Jose in disguise? So that's almost <laughs> exactly the same as what Jose said earlier. Are
1: you, are you saying I'm the most successful manager in world football? Because that's, that's quite a nice compliment, there, Steve. Thank you. <laughs>
3: No, you act like you are, HG. I think that's what he's saying. You act like you are.
1: <laughs> well, if you're going like, to copy, you copy from the best. Right? That's <laughs> true. I mean, like I, I'd like to think I'm more Klopp, if I'm honest. But still, like Mourinho, he, he's no fool. I mean, the Spurs fans have not been here before. But we all know that when you back Spurs and when you think something good is going to happen, it doesn't. So mm-hmm. we, we, let, let's not go there. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's only seven games in. It's not even 20% of the season. Let's just focus on each individual game, yeah, and fair
0: enough. we should be aware that four of our next six, six games are against City, Arsenal, Chelsea, and who's the other one? So come <laughs> you
1: now. So if West Ham can get results against them, so can we. Come yeah. on now, let's go say what. So
3: we've got those mid table games
1: coming the, up.
0: The, the table know? means nothing until
3: <laughs> we're at
2: least 10 games in. The table means nothing this until we're at least ten, 10 games in. Then we can start to talk. <laughs>
1: Yeah, unless we're first and then we'll all screenshot it and keep it on our journals for the rest of our lives. But yeah, yeah no, you're right. Yeah, we, we, we can't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. I
3: mean, normally we talk about players that had a good game, but it's going to be a struggle mm. again today. What, I want to talk about Kane, though, because I made the, they put a stat up at time and they put the, the players' average positions up at half time. And I was a little bit surprised that Kane was deeper than on Dumbele. <laughs> what, what do you make about that, Viva? Because, you know, the, a few other weeks, people were talking about him dropping deep and and, and um, receiving the ball, playing the faster players on the wings. But he was just dropping deep, trying to get the ball today, it felt like.
2: Well, I mean, we've seen in the last few games, he's been our best defender. I mean, goal, goal, <laughs> goal line clearances, um, blocks, steals. So honestly, I think that he's he's kind of playing with this new mentality, I think, under Jose in that, he feels okay that it's okay to track back more and to cover more. And honestly, I'm glad he's doing that because he's the type of player who can do that and then also run up and connect with Sun or whoever who's on the other side of the, of the pitch. And if we hadn't had him playing like that the last few games, then our results would have been very different. Mm. So I, I'm not I'm not mad at it. In fact, I'm encouraging him to just go for it because he's been our best all-around player in terms of, you know, getting where he needs to go during those 90 minutes.
0: Is it a concern for you, Steve? You only had two touches in the opposition box in the first half. Concerned about the wider team. I thought we gave him no service. And we didn't, yeah. mm-hmm. you know we didn't help him. But not a massive concern. We both, we all, we all know he's kind of dropping deeper at the moment. Maybe against a team like Brighton, you know, not to go against Jose and Harry. Both know a lot more about football than I do. But is that really the best tactic? You know, to kind of drop deep against those types of teams. We saw it against, you know, kind of. United and other teams who are more on the front foot against us, it worked really well.
3: I think I agree with HG's comments earlier, though. It's like against a team like Brighton, I don't know why we're playing so defensively because if he's dropping yeah. deep, you've got Sun, but then Lamella's not particularly pacey. So he's not really got those outlets to, to spray the ball to. Um, Lamella's not going to be beating many players for pace, is he? So it's again, it's just a fairly defensive uh, set-up and I think Kane suffers uh,
0: from that. But Well, our centre midfield was set up like we were playing um, away to Barcelona or Real Madrid, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: mm. yeah. So, yeah, maybe we can't expect too much more from Kane.
0: And like I said, we won. Who cares? It's
3: over. But has, <laughs>
0: has Kane and the rest of the Tottenham team finally done what Mourinho said we needed to become? And that's clever seas. Because yeah. that <laughs> penalty the Kane one, yeah, was a clever sea moment penalty and the... Or was it a penalty or a red card? I forget a chat. Uh, his red card, wasn't it? United, that Lamella yeah. won. I don't agree with it, but he won it. That was a clever C moment. And we're seeing more and more of that type of football from us.
3: Yeah, I definitely think Jose's influence is rubbing off. You can see that. But Kane's always been a fairly intelligent footballer and Lamella's always liked to mix it up. <laughs> it's just that time he got away with <laughs> it, I guess. that's called shithousery.
2: <laughs> Remember, he's never gotten a red card. He's basically Diego Costa.
3: Exactly, so he knows he knows the limits. He does know the limits. No, he just gets substituted before he gets sent off.
2: Right before, yep.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, as we know, we're going into lockdown on Thursday, but we've got a football match that day. Yeah, you uh, are, yeah, true. <laughs> well, you might be depending on your presidential election. You never know. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting because you're only allowed to travel now from the uk if it's for work but i guess playing a football match counts as work so they'll probably get away with it like that um i don't know very much about Ludogorets. i know that they they got absolutely smashed by the gooners uh, i think they played liverpool a few seasons ago but they tend to be the team that gets into the champions league um but they've dropped down into the europa more often than not in recent years hg you know something
1: about them don't you Uh, i know they won by one goal to nil earlier today against Levski sofia um yeah i mean i think what you've said is pretty much the 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 things that anyone would know like they have been in the champions league um group stage at least a couple of times they've they think they've got to even the last 16 of the europa so they're no mugs you you look at the squad they've got a lot of naturalized bulgarians who happen to be born in brazil seems to be quite an (laughs) eastern european thing um yeah, and the the four three game they had against Lask obviously was a bit of a Europa League classic. So they, they are capable, and they're going to be at home. and I suspect there might be fans in the stadium. I don't know what Bulgaria is like right now when it comes to COVID, but it might be the only the only time we actually get to see a few fans um, at the, at a Spurs game. So it's not going to be easy. Again, it, you know, we are the the biggest team in the group, and that's you know, they're going to use that as motivation. Some of the, some of those Brazilian Bulgarians. Br- I don't know how you'd say that um that they, they, they this is their chance to to get spotted or to get seen I, mean, I don't think many clubs look at the Bulgarian League and think they're going to find a superstar so you, like, you just never know but they've won I think the Bulgarian League nine years in a row yeah um they they're clearly you know well supported for, for a club that's I think the um Raskred only has about fifty five thousand people in it so it's not a big place but they're, they're successful and you, you can't, you know, we lost at Antwerp, so you, you can't take them lightly now. You just can't.
3: No. Uh, taking on your point about the Brazilian-Bulgarian, they've got a Bulgarian defender called Chichinho. <laughs> 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 that sounds pre- that sounds pretty Brazilian to me and uh, Brendan will correct me on the pronunciation there. They've also got a player who, from the Netherlands called Elvis Manu,
0: which is a cool Elvis. name. Elvis. Yes. He's, he's left the building. I look for him. Um, you've been there, Steve, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yeah. Um... Had a pizza there as I was driving through the town. It was pretty shit. Um, the town <laughs> itself is nice. It's quite a nice city. Uh, very historic. Great um,
2: review.
0: Yep, saw it from the um, car window exactly. Yeah, that was it. The the the, the club itself quite interesting actually. They um, they're similar to Leipzig, and we all know how well that went. They got a shed load of money about twelve years ago. Right. Um, some, some bigwig investor chucked a load of money into the club and, have, as HG said, have basically dominated the league since. They've won it nine years in a row. I think they've won the double three times, treble twice. Um, <laughs> so they, they basically win everything. Um, so that they know how to score, they know how to win, but they've lost their first two Europa League games. You know, we do have to take that into account.
1: Looking at the owner... He's worth almost a billion. (laughs) So, like, I can imagine in Bulgarian football, you might need about five million, and you become the best team going. So, yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe it's a chance for him to advertise his company. But yeah, like, it's all about us. I think in every game, it's all about us. If we're on it, if we have a a decent attitude, then then we'll get a result, Um, and we shouldn't lose again. I think if we lose again, the pressure will be on.
3: Yeah, I think last season they got out of the group stage, but then they lost to Inter uh, over two legs, 4-1. And the season before that, they did the same, but then lost to, oh no, two seasons before, but then lost to Milan. They they struggle uh, to get out of the group most years. And, I mean, crikey, they didn't really have much to play against last year either. It's like Moscow, oh no, Espanol, Ferenc Fakos. So they're not terrible. They came second in that group. They're not terrible, but we should go out there and do the business. Um, What do you think the score
1: is going to be, HG? I'm nervous. Um, I think we won't lose. I will say, no, I'm going to be positive. I'll say 3-1 Spurs. Excellent. Aviva?
2: I'm going to go 3-2 Spurs. I know.
0: Steve, you're always outlandishly confident? Not for this game. They don't concede many at home, so I'm going to say 1-0 to us.
3: Okay, fine, fine. And it'd be interesting this week, actually, what do you think Jose's going to do? Because after last week, and him moaning about our sort of squad players and their inabilities, (laughs) do you think he's going to make less changes?
1: um, Well, the English teacher in me is screaming, fewer, the word is fewer. (laughs) Um, However... um, I, I, yeah, it'll be fewer than the nine he made for the Antwerp game, but I still think it'll be a number of changes. So, like, I think this also came on and did all right. So I think he'll start. Lucas didn't play a single minute, so that's that's got to be um, <laughs> changed. Um, look, yes, yeah, so I'd imagine maybe six changes, um, including the goalkeeper. So five outfielders, um, Davis will come in, but possibly you'll have Dyer and Alderweireld again. So I, I don't know, but I think half the team probably will change.
3: Yeah, and it's interesting because again, Don Baldo didn't have a great game today. After Jose saying that we missed him in the last one, so it's I I won't be able to pick a team for midweek. But Aviva, do you think you know there'll be wholesale changes?
2: Um, I definitely think Kane won't start because I think what we're seeing is we need him to be fresher or at least more more relaxed so he can play like he does, uh, like he did today, um, just mm. go, getting everywhere on the field. So I think there'll definitely be some some attacking. Uh, rotations, and yeah, in the centre-backs as well, we'll see something happen.
3: Excellent. Anyway, um, Brendan will be reviewing the Ludogorets game on Thursday night, Friday morning, so look out for that, uh, and then we probably have uh, some YouTube videos, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, look it up, there's always stuff on there, we're trying to do more and more, so if you could support that, it'd be wonderful. Also, don't forget that we've got uh, footballprizes.co.uk, uh, we've got a code there to get you a discount which is 10 the number 10 cheese uh, and that's for a 1984 uefa cup final signed shirt by all of the players it looks wonderful uh, it's a raffle 4.95 like i said with a 10 percent discount with that code and it ends on monday at 4 p.m i believe so get in there quick if you haven't there's a few tickets left and it's a great prize be really good for christmas so get on to that uh, and also subscribe to your podcast providers and all that stuff and get on the social media. Our Facebook page has been getting loads more likes and follows recently, uh, which has been really good, so get involved in that. Um, HG, thanks ever so much for joining, as always.
1: Yeah, no problem. I loved it.
3: Viva, also great to hear from you, uh, and I hope you have a good week and that everything goes smoothly with the election.
2: (laughs) Everyone pray. Just Everyone (laughs) just just pray. Even though you don't pray, pray. (laughs) Thanks for that. It's good to be back on and hopefully... Uh next time I'm on we'll be happy. With yeah, what another win. Oh, uh, another exactly. exactly a very important win. Yes.
3: And Steve, even though you're sad not to be getting back in the stadium, thanks for coming on the cheese room. We'll have you back uh whenever you want. Cool. That's not true by the way, not whenever you. Want. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Right, like I said guys, subscribe to all of our social media and everything like that and until next time, come on you Spurs.